0: If there's no other person responsible, there's not a co-signer or a co-owner on the account, no other human is personally responsible for the debt of another at death. Many companies, this is predatory, they'll call family members, they'll call the kids, they'll call the executor, they'll send letters, threatening letters, to get them to pay the debt.
1: Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick
2: Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, glad to have you on Complete Estate Planning. Appreciate you listening. We've had a lot of great feedback from people and uh, some people reaching out from multiple states. So we thank you for listening and spreading the word on the podcast. Today we got a a question that we're going to try to answer with Nick Rosenbauer over at Rosenbauer Law Office about credit cards. It's a real specific question, but I think a lot of people are just kind of curious. What happens with credit cards after someone passes away? Right. What do I do with the credit? Do I have to pay off the debt that was there? Does, does that just go away magically? What about the rewards? The rewards that have been earned over time—do those get passed on? So we'll try to answer some of these questions today on the podcast. Nick, how you doing?
0: Doing fantastic, Ben. How about yourself?
2: Things are good. Can't complain. And, and this—I like this 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 topic you picked out today because I mean, this is something I thought about too um, because I think a lot of people kind of run up debt and say like, hey. If I pass away or I'm getting old, like let them sort it out. Right. But I, how does it get sorted out? That's what I'm curious to find out today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've had a number of situations, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not going to debate that where people, I guess when they, and this sounds grim, but when they know that the end is near, obviously if it's a, a sudden heart attack or something, but if they're preparing for death. A lot of times people will give things away or this, that, and the other, sometimes their own possessions. I've had other times where I had one situation, an old, uh, an old gentleman, uh, went out and applied for a Cabela's store credit card hmm. and just started giving gifts. Um, I think it was, you know, hunting gear, tree stands, coolers, things <laughs> like that. And, and meat smokers to all of, uh, all of the kids and some of the grandkids. And that was his, I guess, his little way of, you know, giving giving away things uh, when, uh, you know, when he passed away. Uh-huh. I kind of wish I was on the list there, you know, maybe <laughs> at least for a, a grill or something like that. But yes. uh, Joker, yeah. that's something, yeah, that's something that we, uh, that's something that we have come up uh, a lot. And then actually, before we jump in, Ben, do you get the cicadas around you? Um, are they coming to where you're at? Or are you, are you safe from the, the impending biblical uh, <laughs> swarm that's coming. I don't well, know how far I'm, they reach. I'm
2: curious. I, I, I want to find out because we've we've seen on the news a couple of times. This is the second year. Last year they said the same thing, like they're going to get well into North Carolina, uh, huh. so beware. And I saw a couple last year, but but not a big deal. They said the same thing this year as well. But my wife's from Cincinnati, so she's told oh, she's yeah. told me stories growing up about the cicadas like she's scarred from uh, from much <laughs> earlier life. So she talks about every time she hears a story about cicadas, she talks about what they were like back in Cincinnati.
0: Exactly. And for those of you, you know, we're recording this the last week of April, and also Ben is not in the Cincinnati area. He's maybe a little safer uh, out in North Carolina <laughs> for all of our listeners here but the 17-year cicada, I think it's Brood X or Brood 10, something like that, they're scheduled to come out this year. And the last time they came out was 2004. So I was in high school and from what I understand, I actually, uh, a neighbor of mine works for a tree company and he's on the HOA board with me and I have a couple clients in biology. So I've become a little bit of a resident expert uh, here on the cicadas. And so what they do is in 2004, it was the last time they came out, huge swarms. And what they do is they'll lay eggs in trees. And then when the larvae hatch, they basically fall off the tree and wherever they fall, so basically right underneath the tree, that, that's where they bury into the ground. Yeah. So they're going to come out of the ground and they're basically all going to be underneath wherever they were hatched 17 years ago okay so if we don't have old trees then cicadas aren't going to come up around there so in our subdivision gotcha. um it was built in 02 03, 04, so most of the houses were there including ours um, but n- very few trees were put in place by the builder okay so our trees all the trees on our lot uh, have been put there since we moved in seven years ago so there shouldn't be any cicadas underneath our lot, okay? So we may not get the worst of it. And apparently they're really bad flyers. They don't see really well. So they'll be worse near old trees or trees that are at least 17 years old because that's the only place where the eggs could have been laid. Now at my, old, at my parents' house and currently my dad's house, I think at the time we had five trees over 50 years old um back in 2004 so it was i literally had them hit me in the face and there would be four or five of them just sitting on my ball cap or my t-shirt when i was out cutting the grass at any one given time Jeez. it was unbelievable and at the time uh, my car did not have air condition so i had to roll the windows down so that was fun <laughs> um So I'm I'm hoping we we don't get the worst of it here, but the 17-year batch, if you will, this is awful. I mean, it is legitimately billions and billions of them. The whole Darwinistic thing, they're not the smartest or the strongest, but from what I understand, the way they survive is by having so darn many of them, the dogs and the birds just can't eat and can't kill all of them. Jeez. Wow, sounds like
2: fun, Nick. Sounds like you got a good summer ahead
0: yeah exactly
2: exactly (laughs) so
0: that's what we have coming up but um anyway back to these back to these credit cards i guess Uh, yeah what what a great segue right
2: (laughs) i was trying to think of a segue from cicadas (laughs) to credit cards but the letter c is all i could come up with so that's all i got um but if you haven't joined us before cincinnatiestateplan.com is the website uh if you if you haven't uh, gone back to listen to past episodes, they're all there on the website, plus plenty of other resources, including five reasons to avoid those DIY estate planning kits, um, the estate planning checkup guide, and much, much more. So uh, the ability also to schedule a, t- a time to meet with Nick as well to talk about some of these things and, and actually put a plan in place if you don't have one. Put it on your list. Make it a priority for this year to get done. So let's talk credit cards, Nick. You know, I think almost everyone has a credit card today, and, and for most people, it's more than one. Um, you got bills that you're paying on there, the subscriptions that automatically renew. And I've got a few that I should be canceling, but they've just been going on and on and on. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you get cash back, points, frequent flyer miles, a lot of things from these. So there's some things to consider with credit cards, but how does it apply to someone that passes away? Right. So we got a couple of things we want to go through in this conversation. Um, what to do, how to close out cards, paying off debt, the rewards, all that stuff. But where do we start, Nick? What's the first step here? someone passes away?
0: Well, obviously the first thing that you need to do when someone passes away, and obviously this depends on how closely you're related to the person who passes away or if you have the inside knowledge, is we need to find out where the person who's passed away, known as the decedent, okay? So that's the technical word that I'll be using here. We need to find out where the decedent had credit, okay? And if it's your wife or your husband, you probably know that's probably not a big deal, but if it's mom or dad or someone else and you just came in from out of town, you may, you may be you know on, on a treasure hunt, basically. So obviously the, the best ways to look, check the monthly bills and the statements. I always tell people, watch the mail for about 60 days. And most things come every 30 days, sometimes every 60 days. I always say two months just in case you miss something. Although, Ben, I will admit the e statements that they're pushing everyone to do, that makes it tougher. Okay, so one thing I may add to that is check their email because a lot of times I know, I know for us at least, our e statements will get an email sent to us that says, Hey, your statement is ready to view. So I would add email in along with checking the mail. So those are probably the, and obviously check their wallet too. So those are probably the three ways that you'll find where they had credit and the first thing you want to do along with treasure hunting, and actually this you could do before, is you want to notify all three credit bureaus. So that's what uh, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, right? Yeah, I think that's the name of the three credit bureaus. Yeah, I think so. So you want to notify all three of them that the person has passed away and you should be able to request a copy of their credit report. And the way it works right now for all of our listeners, each of those places will send you one credit report per year for free. So if the person is checking their credit, you may not be able to get it. But most of the time, at least one, if not all three of those have not been used in the last year. So you should get a free copy of their credit report. And look, each of the different bureaus have processes. You probably have to send them a death certificate. And you this is a bit of a safety measure because the funeral home should notify social security that you've passed that the person has passed away normally in air quotes here if we did this on video you guys should be able to see that normally social security will notify all three credit bureaus but we can't count on it we've had many times where that doesn't happen it's not done right it's not done timely it's not done at all it's worth calling all three of the credit bureaus yourself. Um, And once each bureau is notified, then they will change the status of the person to deceased, which basically acts as a credit freeze. And that way, lenders cannot issue them new cards or new loans in their name. So it's a bit of an identity theft uh, prevention. So at that point, anyone who pulls credit before lending, they'll see the person's passed away. So that's the first thing that you need to do is... Notify the credit bureaus and get a copy of their credit report and use that list and compare it against the monthly bills you get in the mail, the cards that are in their wallet, and nowadays, unfortunately, E statements, they're a little greener, a little easier for you, but I would probably recommend checking email uh, as well to see if there's some E statements. So that's the beginning of the treasure hunt if that makes sense. <laughs> right.
2: And from there, I, I know you want to start closing out these cards, right? I mean, that's that's something you want to get done pretty quickly?
0: Uh, exactly right. So use the credit report, which obviously has the list of where credit is issued. And also, not all of these places, not all of these accounts, you know, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, et cetera, they don't always report to all three credit bureaus. So my, let's see, my Kroger Plus uh, MasterCard, may not show up on transunion or equifax or experience so that's why i say get all three okay so some of them will show up on all three but i say put all three of those together from your credit reports and the email and the mail and the wallet to get your list and then we need to close all of these out so you want to identify all active or open credit accounts And you want to contact each lender, let them know that the person's passed away. Again, each company is going to have different procedures for closing the cards. Most will require a copy of the death certificate. A pro tip here, Ben, those death certificates are not cheap depending on where you live. So I always ask if they can fax a death certificate or email a death certificate because that way you don't give up the original. You just scan it and send them an image, might save you a few dollars. Um, although, who has a fax machine anymore? Um, we do, <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think most people do. But then the lenders will automatically close the cards after—they the, should, excuse me, again, air quotes, they should automatically close the cards when the death notice comes in from the credit bureau because the credit bureau will notify all creditors um, when someone's status is changed from active to deceased. But again, don't count on this for the reasons that we talked about before, okay? So what you'll want to do is you need to notify everyone, um, follow their procedures. Most of the time, they will automatically, well, they should automatically freeze the account, which should prevent further spending and identity theft. Um, And then also, and we'll talk about this in a second, when it comes to paying off debt, it usually will pause any late fees. And they can usually give you some relief there because those fees can certainly add up. If you've ever forgotten to make a credit card payment, I think you know what I'm talking about. So obviously, unfortunately, the debts usually have to be paid. Um, And then by law, once the lender is notified of the death, then they have to close the account and provide a final bill within 30 days. And then while the estate is being settled, like I said, the extra fees for late payments, missed payments, overdraft, the annual fees, those are not charged. So those are paused, which obviously can save you a fortune. Um, But one thing they can still do, Ben, is if there's any accrued interest, the interest keeps going on the debt, or at least they're allowed to do that. Now, some credit cards will not do that. They'll actually stop the interest charges as well, um, as long as you pay them off in a reasonable manner. And then above and beyond that, if the debt is paid within full, you know, within 30 days of getting that final bill, then the normal credit card interest won't apply, the interest charges stop, and then it acts the exact same way as if you pay off your credit card every month. So obviously if I buy something today, the only way I get charged is when it shows up on next month's statement and if I don't pay it during the next billing cycle. So that works the same way, if that makes sense. And then the lender has the ability to attach themselves or raise their hand and notify the probate court of a deceased person that they are a creditor and then a debt is owed to them okay so the process of doing that if they want to throw their hat in the ring if they want to claim you know make a claim or make a run at getting paid back they do that through the probate court so the person the deceased person's probate estate that's the arena that they go to obviously if there is money to pay the debt within the probate estate then they have to that has to be paid. So the executor of the estate will use probate assets, probate money, to pay off the remaining debt, and they'll be forced to do that. So that's, that's pro- done
2: before like they settle the estate, right? So Bingo. If, if there's a million dollars in there and there's 100000 in debt, they say, okay, let's pull that out. Now there's 900000
0: left. You're exactly okay. right. So the, the probate judge will not allow the inheritance plan to be given, or the, the inheritance to be passed off to the kids or the heirs or whomever it is, until all the debt is paid. They won't sign off on it. Okay, so let me ask a, you
2: one other thing too on this sure? same idea. Because I know how, how how slow probate can be. We've talked oh, about yeah. it on the show. So if if you're waiting for probate to pay that off, and let's say it's $100,000 in credit card debt, are they going to pay it off quickly or are we going to be sitting here talking about interest payments for three, four, five, six months while everything goes through probate?
0: Great question. So we have to get the first couple steps, and I know we're going back a ways uh, on our our episodes, but we have to get the first two steps of probate completed before we can pay the debt. So that's getting the probate estate officially opened and established, getting the will approved if there is a will, um, and getting an executor. So getting someone who is officially in charge of the estate appointed by the judge. And obviously, until you have the power To be the executor and to act on behalf of the probate, you can't write a check. You can't access the money. You can't pay it off. But as soon as we get through those first two steps, you have access to the money so the executor can go ahead and pay it at that point. So even if the probate takes a year or longer, we don't have to wait until it's done to pay the debt off. They can pay the debt off as soon as they are basically elected, I guess, for lack of a better term. Gotcha. Good. Good to know. Hopefully, that saves interest um, and additional penalties, because obviously, if you would have had to wait till the end of this, shoot, the credit card company is going to make more money on the late fees than anything else.
2: Yep. That's but, what I was thinking about, yeah.
0: So they once they get access to the money, those debts are paid off, and the debts are the priority, not just the credit card, but uh, those get paid off, obviously, before the inheritance is passed on. So if there's enough money there. Now, what if there is not enough money? So, if there isn't enough money to pay the debt, then there's two ways this can go. So, if there is some money, but not enough to pay it all off, then there's actually a pecking order of what debts take priority. Okay, so the highest priority debts will get paid, then they'll go to the next priority, pay all those off, or a proportion of them. So, let's say we are at the third level of debts and there's $5,000 worth of debt and there's only, you know, let's say it's five $1,000 credit cards and let's say there's only $500 left then all five of those priority level 3 credit cards they will all get $100. Okay? So they'd be paid off proportionally or you know the ratio of how much they're owed. So they may get the partial payment if that's all there is. You obviously can't get blood from a turnip. Hmm. If there's not money at all to pay it off, then the debt is actually written off by the credit card company. So American Express writes it off if there's nothing they can do to get the money, which that happens. Um, And that's one of the reasons they charge so darn much because they know a lot of times someone passes away. If they don't have any money, they write it off. Um, Now, there's another exception to that, Ben there's a cosigner, then it gets a little messy. So, if there's a cosigner on the debt, the lender can go after that person. So, for example, if when my son gets older, you know, he gets a credit card for some reason, maybe he's still in college, he doesn't have any credit, he doesn't have any income or job history, so American Express is going to say we need mom or dad to be a co signer on this because my son's name's Adams, and Adam, there's nothing here that makes me think you can pay anything. They can obviously go after the cosigner because they can go after either co-signer for all of the debt. So that would stick around if the probate cannot pay for it. Or if the account is joint. And Ben, I, I have a lot of clients who there's one credit card, but it's, you know, husband and wife each have a card, but it's one account. And then the surviving person is still responsible and can continue to make the payments. That's different than an authorized user who's not a co signer or not a co owner of the account. Uh, And that comes up in a situation where, let's say, mom or dad has a credit card and one of the kids is paying the bills. So they call up MasterCard and say, Can you please issue a second card for my son to use? And when he uses the card, it charges to my account, but we're doing that maybe so son can go grocery shopping for him. That is not son's debt. He's basically gets a second card that he can make purchases on behalf of mom or dad. Okay, so that's different. Okay. If they're just an authorized user or have a secondary card, that person's not liable. It's not their debt. They're basically just spending money on behalf of mom or dad. Okay, so that, in that case, they're not personally responsible for the debt. If there's no other person responsible, there's not a co-signer or a co-owner on the account, no other human is personally responsible for the debt of another at death. So many companies, this is predatory, they'll call family members, they'll they'll call the kids, they'll call the executor, they'll send letters, threatening letters. This is where they become debt collectors. They'll try to get them to pay the debt. You don't have to. Okay, so if my dad dies tomorrow, I do not have to pay. I am not legally obligated to pay his MasterCard bill. I'm not legally obligated to pay any debts of his. Okay, so if they do that, obviously you want to talk to the attorney, but tell them it's not your debt, you're not paying personally, and refer them to the executor, whoever the executor of the estate is don't give out any additional information because they will use that so don't say something to the effect of there's plenty of money but it's all tied up in probate estate and i'm not saying you know mislead them right but they're recording and they're just building a file so in case it's something that's not legitimate the last thing you want to do is say there's plenty of money but my brother's going to pay it <laughs> or we've agreed to pay it but we're not ready yet so don't say yeah. anything like that now my guess is your your next question, Ben, because we talk about probate avoidance, is what if we don't have a probate at all? What the heck happens then? Mm-hmm. So if there's no probate estate at all, so let's say someone did a good plan, okay, all the assets being passed through a trust, beneficiary designations, etc. but there is money. Obviously, if there's no money, there's no money, but there is money. This is where it gets to be in a bit of an ethical gray area, but... You're not tech, you may not be technically liable for paying the debt. The credit card companies can only submit a claim or basically raise their hand and say, "I need to get paid." Their only avenue or venue for doing that is through someone's probate estate. That's basically all they can latch on to. Under most circumstances, though, Ben, you know, and this is not legal advice, more practical, I guess. It's moral for moral and ethical reasons. If there's money there to pay the debt, I usually tell people go ahead and pay it, even if there's no probate and technically no one can force you to pay it. Someone has a few hundred thousand dollars. It was all passed through probate. It was all passed without probate. Let's say a good plan was put in place. I will usually tell the kids, "Hey, pay Dad's five thousand dollar Macy's charge or something like that." Um, even though legally, they may not be required to. So uh, good planning could technically be a debt avoidance feature. But again, that's getting into ethics. And if as long as it's a legitimate debt, I'm not going to tell someone to stiff, um, you know, the Cabela's card or something like that for $500.
2: <laughs> well, that's all some really good information, uh, some things to think through. The last part of this conversation is the rewards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a lot of debt, then maybe there's a number of rewards on the other side of that, that conversation. So
0: do I get to see any of that? Maybe. And <laughs> that's the perfect lawyer answer, isn't uh, isn't it? Yep. Um, although I don't know who's using frequent flyer miles right now, but some of the other rewards may be, uh, may be usable. So every company has their own rules for the rewards, the perks, uh, et cetera, that the cardholder has accumulated, but has not yet used. Um, For example, I actually looked into this a little bit, and according to something I read online, Chase Bank, their rewards contract states that the points automatically get redeemed for cash as a statement credit. So it goes uh, against the debt. So automatically that gets cashed in when someone passes away. Um, Another example, Delta Sky Miles, which I know are more popular, even though not many people are using them right now hmm. the delta sky miles get forfeited okay so if your mother or father traveled for work and had you know triple diamond you know plutonium status or whatever i don't know <laughs> obviously and you're not talking to someone who has a sky miles credit card here but whoever has you know platinum king status for sky miles um the card holder passes away anything unused or gone so that does not transfer. Um, each card company, and I know this is not giving a lot of great information, but the rules are usually in the terms and conditions. You know, the fine print that everyone checks the box saying they've read, oh, yeah. but they don't actually Never read. Have. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. So the rules are usually located in their terms and conditions for the specific reward program of that card. I know no one's going to do this, but it's probably a good idea to skim through them and research that. Um, If the program lets you, sometimes they allow you to name a recipient or a beneficiary who can receive your miles, your points, your cash back, your statement credit, etc. after you pass away. So some of these institutions will basically allow you to put a beneficiary or a transferee to receive your sky miles or your rewards when someone passes away. Not always. And again, no one's going to read this, um, but I think it's a good idea to look into um, because every company's different, but their uh, terms and conditions should say exactly what happens and what you can and cannot do.
2: Very good. Well, there's a lot to to unpack there, but this is a good conversation. I think questions that people have about credit cards and how to deal with them, how to handle them. So if you are in this boat and want some help sorting through everything, uh, reach out to Nick. You can find him online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. But if you just want to learn more about estate planning in the process, there's a lot of resources and tools to help educate you on his website. And then whenever you're ready to actually sit down and put your plan together, there's a button right there on the front of the, the website that you can do so very easy. And uh, and I know Nick's a little busy right now, but there's always going to be time to sit down and get this done. And it needs to for everybody that's, that's kind of on the fence about, do I get it done now? Can I wait a little longer? It's always best to take care of things now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially with the impending cicada invasion coming. Um, I think, uh, not to get biblical, but I think I remember, <laughs> <clears throat> I remember a, a swarm story from my... Uh, from my uh, school days in the Old Testament. So all jokes aside, it's always better to uh, to get on this uh, before you need it. And and obviously, even if you're not ready uh, to go all the way or you have questions, just uh, go to our website, com. There's an orange button right there. Uh, to schedule a call with me and it'll put a 15 minute phone conference directly on my calendar. We can talk for a few minutes, answer any questions you have, but uh, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Absolutely.
2: Well, thanks for your time today, Nick. I uh, look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. And if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. Got a new episode coming in a couple of weeks and we'll talk to you all then. The Complete Estate Planning
1: Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us. Or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com.